Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, Consider the Cost and Then Consider the Cost. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode one of four. So the cost is high to live as God has called you to live. I mean, you must consider the following, right? But before consideration, hello and welcome to another steak dinner. Well, breakfast. I have said it before and I will say it again. This is not for the faint-hearted Christian. My whole of all whole things is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And if I simply become an entertainer to you, then when you step out into life, you will be thoroughly ill-equipped for every good work. Hard to play on scripture, but it works. 2 Timothy 3.17 So let's hear what Luke has to say. 14.33 So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Perhaps John has a different perspective. 1 John 2.15.17 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Let's see what Luke has to say. 14.26 If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Wow, that was pretty harsh. Let's go back to Matthew. Hey, Maddie, what you got to say? 1929. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. What is this? Why didn't someone preach this section of the Bible to me when they were preaching the gospel? Instead, they told me about the love of God, and that he has a plan and a purpose for my life, and that I can do all things through him. Listening to those scriptures can feel similar to like ordering a dropship Chevy Corvette Z06 and having a gremlin dropped off in your driveway. But before you agree with me, allow me to tell you what happened here and why it had to work out the way that it worked out. You preach the forgiveness of God because sin is what's keeping you from having a relationship with him. No point in trying to run through the front door, right? Let's just open it up. We don't preach those types of scriptures because they are not for the person who doesn't know God. It's kind of like when you start a new relationship. You keep things light, increasing your secrets and expectations as a relationship grows. Yes, you are withholding information, but if we simply showed up and presented our whole selves to another, we would no doubt die single. It's the rate of speed in which you release knowledge about you to another that determines whether the relationship will grow healthy or not. Well, I'm sure you can see it now. It works the same way with God. In my message titled, Christian Maturity is the Goal When Reading the Bible, I discussed at length the milk, bread, meat stages of life, 
along with the baby, young man, and father maturity levels that a person was designed and intended to go through. Nope, you were not designed to act like a baby in your 40s and 50s. That's not what I'm saying. So, but now that the cat is out of the bag, and that you are aware of some of the costs of growing up into a meat-eating father or mother of a Christian, we can be assured that you are aware of some of the necessary costs of doing so. Hey, if children never grow up into mature adulthood, who would raise the next generation? So we know in this example that we don't go to the gym and start benching 400 pounds right out the gate. You should wait 10 minutes and then go. <laughs> no, don't do that. Not even in faith. No, but if you give an ear to my yes when I'm saying it again, my message titled Christian Maturity is a Goal in Reading the Bible, then you will see that there are levels of growth described as food elements, milk, bread, and meat, and levels of receptivity of that food, i.e. baby, young man, and father. These represent seasons in our current ability to digest the Word of God and to apply it to our lives. So if you want to know what to preach to a lost seedling, then stick to the love of God. It's an easier ramp from which to launch someone into an authentic, born-again Christian relationship with God. Now, it's, meaning the rate of speed in which we can swallow the pill, is not the same for all believers in the same way or ministry or calling. The real depends on if you're fully committed to God or not. Do you still do things to impress men, to draw attention to yourself in any way or manner? Are you still in need of the love of others to feel good about yourself? Are you changing from year to year regarding the things of God? Are you in or are you out? Either way, everything about you will be examined by one who can see right through your humanity. Now let's go bigger on the Luke hate scripture. Luke 14, 26, 35. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able to, with ten thousand men, to meet him who comes against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Pretty clear, right? Now, I do not believe that God is saying that we manifest a hatred towards those in whom he has stated should be hated, but that he is making a point that we are to first consider what is and should be first. Let's look at Luke 10.27. So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now is it a coincidence that both of those scriptures are written by the same fellow? Hate your family and life, but love God completely? Now keep in mind hatred is different than making an enemy out of your family member. And in my message titled CD Seedlings, I chat about the fact that God has kids and Satan, the father of lies, also has kids. This is important as we navigate through life because some of your family may not be of the same seed that you are. In those cases, it would be a love-hate relationship, right? Now, we should decom hatred so that we understand the context of what the Bible is saying 
so that we don't go into making enemies of potential future believers. Hatred, the feeling of one who hates. Intense dislike or extreme aversion or hostility. It looks like it's the opposite of intense like. So if you like God more, you have met the requirements of what he is saying. Now, but to like something more is to place a consistent and disciplined priority on what they say. Imagine how many times those in Jesus' family tried to get Jesus to cool off and slow down. No doubt if it were up to them, he would still be alive walking on this rock. They never would have let him fulfill his calling and purpose. Now, how is it any different in your unsaved family? Not talking about those who are saved, y'all. Nope but about those unknowing what's going on, brethren, and sisterins. That's who I'm talking about. So now put that in context. We love the seed of God and preach searching for the lost seedlings. And we pray for our enemies and serve them in love whenever we have the opportunity to do so. And if you don't know what the opportunity looks like, it's usually when they're hating. Let's go back to Luke 12, 1 through 12, verses 2 and 3. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together, so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Now earlier I mentioned the slow release of your secrets in order to build a healthy relationship. But now the opposite is just as detrimental and will be, no way is known by God already. No secrets with Him. No slow release of information necessary with Him. You can give Him all of your crud for the next 12 months non-stop and He will manage. No, but do not expect that He will leave you in that condition, Christian. The milk babies must grow and go, grow and go grow and go. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks, and see you next time in deep waters.